Welcome to your one-stop shop for gaming, gadgets, video games, comic books, anime, and anything else you can think of. It is the GeekSpeak Report here at speakgeekspeak.com. Episode 4, the first part of our co-host challenge. Today, I am joined by the Geekcaster, Wayne Cordova. Here we are with GeekSpeak Report, Episode 4. Hey there, everybody. My name is Ian Levenstein, and welcome to the GeekSpeak Report, Episode 4. This is the first GeekSpeak co-host challenge, and joining me for this one is the experienced podcaster of the bunch. He's done, uh, well, before this, he was the Geekcaster, and now he's doing Radio Wayne. And he is, of course, Wayne Cordova, who is, of course, Radio Wayne on the forums. That's easy to remember. What's going on, Wayne? Not much, man. I feel like I'm on American Gladiators. Oh, dude. Uh, about to, you know, go through the, the Eliminator. I, I will guarantee, though, we are more entertaining than Hulk Hogan will ever be. Yeah, but we're not as juiced. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We'll, we'll get into that later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> It just so figures fun. that we're that we're talking about that. We're going to be talking about how the uh, American Gladiators can't possibly be juiced. No, of course not. And Hulk Hogan never used steroids in his life. No, of course not. Right, right, right. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. seen him lately? Oh he Looks my like God. a deflated like balloon. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, and and Bret Hart had that stroke to the perfectly normal means. You know, most people when they're thirty or forty years old start having strokes, right? That was a legitimate kick to the head, my friend. Uh huh. Right, likely story, likely story. <laughs> All right, before we start going with the Geek Speak Report, though, uh, explain a little bit about yourself to the folks out there who might not be familiar with Wayne Cordova. Yeah, man, and, you know, I'm uh, Wayne Cordova, as you said, um, known as Radio Wayne. On the forums back about three years ago, started off on this whole podcasting thing, just trying to figure out uh, what kind of show uh, I, I wanted to do, and, and, and I started off with the, with the Geek Pastor show, um, I even uh, did a show with my wife for a while, kind of like one of those couples casts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's called The Adventures of Wayne and Tina, and uh, it, it, you know, things just kind of morphed into um, what I really wanted to do is just really just kind of talk about what's going on in my life. Right. And so that's when I started off with uh, with Radio Wayne, and and uh, you know, the whole tagline you know for that show is just basically it's just you know it's it's pop culture personalized. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's everything that has to do with my geeky life and and, and the way I see it. And in fact, the uh, Newest episode is out there right now, and so you can you can download that you know straight from you know radiowayne.net and 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 it's just you know again it's just me you know most of the episode talking about how I got a new dog and I decided to name her after the eighties icon Shira you know <laughs> I have the power absolutely and so but yeah you know just uh, love I love podcasting I love uh, I love doing it love the medium I. My backlog of podcasts goes so far down <laughs> that it's like I have to have more than one iPod just just to house the podcasts. I just got know? my second Zen Vision M, and I'm already thinking that uh, the first one is probably going to be my reserve with like all the ones that I haven't listened to yet. And the ones that I definitely want to listen to will go on the working order brand spanking new Zen Vision. Right, and, and 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 here's the thing: you'll never listen to either one of them. Oh yeah, and it's just, <laughs> it's like here's all the ones I want to listen to eventually at some point, right? Someday. Well, but it, it, it's not going to happen. This is how I listen to podcasts, and it, it might freak some people out. And you know what? I don't even give a shit because at this point, I just got to let every people know how, how I do my thing. Well, the first one is the obvious one. When I'm listening to uh, podcasts on the train going into work, that's the easiest way to do it. I got a 45 minute commute. So that's usually, you know, uh, one fifth of a Raging Bullets episode, and that's that's fine. (laughs) So 
you know, once I'm once I'm done with that, then obviously the next day I go move on and so on and so forth. Also, I've learned that it's very productive while playing Wii Sports to listen to podcasts. How do you do that? It's it's simple, man. I have I have the laptop, so I've got the uh, you know I've got the speakers all all queued up and all that, and I just mute the TV, and I just do it that way. Oh, thank God! I thought you wore like headphones, and I was like for certain <laughs> that one day we're gonna have some kind of phone call or an email from somebody saying that they found you dead wrapped around your your Wiimote and your headphones. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not that stupid. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I was just I was just wondering how how that worked. But no, see, I mean, I listen to podcasts like so many different ways, but the the main way is is just straight up through through my iPod. Right, and and literally, I wear those things out. And it's like if mm-hmm. every year for my birthday, I have to get some form of um, I something because I sold my soul to Steve Jobs. Of course, and um, and, and just because I mean, I, I'm constantly listening. It's like at work, you know, I, I've got the iPods on, and, and what I do is I'll listen to them, you know. Basically, in the order that they arrived, and so as soon as they show up, I throw them into a playlist, and so it's like it's kind of like my own little satellite radio. So as soon as comic yeah. timing is done, half hour wasted starts, and right. it just, it's just one seamless. My life never ends. It's one giant podcast. When I'm in the shower, I have a uh, a little portable radio which has a small little black and white TV built into it. So I I have a setup where I take the the MP3 player. And I get the one-eighth jack, which usually goes into the computer, and I use that wire to connect to a, a two-ways connector, which then connects to a RCA adapter, which then connects to the actual portable radio, which is set to the TV setting, just so I can listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower. Oh my gosh, we're so going to get a phone call. You're going to be dead in the shower one day. <laughs> Well, it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm bringing the thing into the actual shower with me, man. That, then you'd have are to you, worry about it. <laughs> are you are you like wrapped up in tinfoil just so you can kind of get a better signal? Well, well, that and obviously, if I'm not wrapped up in tinfoil, the aliens can hear my thoughts. Do you bring your Wi-Fi? Do, I mean, do you bring your receiver into the shower with you? That way, you can actually download podcasts while you're oh, showering, God. while you're listening to podcasts. Now my brain just hurts. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And and again, I have a Zen Vision M where they're like they're like a, a like a fourth generation iPod, I guess, where they yeah. they they can do like the the same old things that the that the iPod can do, only they do all the opposite formats. You know, they do. Like and it's the, a Zen, which means that you're at peace with all your podcasts. Exactly, I am one with the world while I'm listening to that. But we, we, we've we've got on such a tangent already that I'm sure this is going to be a jolly good time. But you know what? Yes. Let's, 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 I hear the votes coming in right now. <laughs> yes, and and a quick reminder as well: this is yet again part of the Geekspeak co-host challenge. This is number one. So once everybody has done it, don't don't do it until. Everybody has done it. I'm not going to put up the thread until afterwards. There are appreciation threads, which have been started by Raph. So if you want to spread the love, you can go ahead and do so. But once everybody has has had their chance, you can go ahead and log on to the Geekspeak Report forums and vote for your favorite. And whoever gets the most votes will be the regular host, co-host of the Geekspeak Report, and possibly even host. Who knows? But no, 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 no. Come on, come on. i got to be a part of it somehow. But but, but it's actually it, – it, this is the first round, right? Because then the next round is the swimsuit competition. Uh, yes, and then eventually we get to the uh, uh, millions of people in America don't know where Iraq is on a map. Uh, why do you think that's possible? And, and then you're like, I think maps are a constitution, the boy, girl, Iraq, Iran, such as, such as the whatnot, you know, exactly. you know, you know, what tish. 
and and, and that's the way things go. I'm so gonna ace it. Oh yes. All right. <laughs> but- <laughs> Oh, it's good times already, man. It's good times already. So, you know okay. what? Just tell me when you're going to start recording and I'll be ready. Uh, Yeah, about that. Let's actually start off with your first geek commentary. As the, the format has not changed on Geek Speak, only it's probably going to be a little bit longer because obviously there's a co-host involved. We go geek commentary, then we go geek news, and then we end it off with geek music. I've sort of phased out the geek YouTube video because I realize it's hard to watch a audio recording. However, I will, I will be talking about a YouTube uh, video at some point during the show, so at least you'll get that much. But let's start off with you, Wayne. So what do you got to talk about? Well, here's the deal, man. I'm uh, getting ready for MegaCon. Uh, which is uh, in Orlando, Florida. I'm all the way down in Orlando. You know, you're, you're up in New York, basically. You know, F- Florida is where all the you know New Yorkers come to die anyway. So, oh, of course, yeah. Uh, that, that's why whenever Tampa Bay Devil Rays game uh, is versus the New York Yankees, there's more New York Yankee fans in the stadium than the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I, absolutely. And so, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to um, you know to head over there and 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 get in the mindset of this. MegaCon is kind of for me, um, you know, just a it's just a big kind of fun fest, you know what I mean? You kind of get there and, um, you know, all, all the, all the, all the bets are off, you know what I mean? It's, it's the only game in town, the way I look at it when it comes to, uh, any, any kind of comic con in Florida. Right. Um, most of the other ones are basically hotel shows, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're in some kind of hotel ballroom and, uh, you know, it's nice and all, but it just doesn't, you know, um, it doesn't have the, the con feel as, as MegaCon does. And so it's, it's March 7th through the 9th at the Orlando Convention Center. And uh, I went last year. Last year was the first time going. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming this year. Not just – I mean a lot of the CGS guys um, are going to be there. And mm-hmm. just for, for some reason, you know, when those guys come, a whole mess of people follow. You know? Right. So, <laughs> hey, I am officially at this point about 97.3% positive for MegaCon as well, we, we – uh, and from the looks of things, it is pretty much going to be almost the entire – comic timing group that was at uh, CGS 300 are going to be at this upcoming MegaCon, except for Juan, who, who is not available. But the Indigo Fire, Brandon, Christopher is going to be coming in from uh, Philadelphia, from the looks of things. Oh, my gosh. And Raph and I are going to take the same flight. So we're all going to meet from there. And then Brent is going to meet us. It's going to be the first time I'm meeting Brent. It's going to be the second time I'm meeting you. So this is going to be a hell of a, a, hell of a lot of good times. If everything comes together, because I'm almost positive it will. Well, it, it, it's got to me because you, you. One of the things that I'm looking at, it, I don't know if you've checked out the website much, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason, MegaCon is really heavy on the anime and manga presence yes. um, in Orlando, mm-hmm. and the amount of people that are dressed up for this event, it, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's people I don't even know who they are, <laughs> who they're dressed up, but you know, apparently, you know, if, if you dress up like a walking Venus flytrap. Uh, apparently there's an anime for you. Oh, of course. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and literally, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. The costume contests are, it's pretty cool. I mean, everybody, they, they pull out all the stops. Um, there's panels cause I know you're crazy about panels oh, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, th- those things are out there as well. And then one of the things that I'm looking forward to is Joe Casada is going to be the guest of honor. And I get to personally hand him my shredded copy of Spider-Man, uh, 545. Ooh, that's going to be fun, uh, man. That's going to so, be fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's, it, 
It is, and I mean, and, and MegaCon is just like that, man. It's just, it's it's packed. the The energy is is huge, and, and so I'm 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 literally looking forward to it because you know I'm just I'm big on getting the sketches and and getting the back issue deals and stuff, and so it's all there. Now, you mentioned the heavy anime and manga presence. You think that's because there isn't a major anime manga con in the Orlando area? Is there one that I'm not thinking of, or is it sort of just just a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both because what MegaCon did was basically set itself up to be um, that that anime you know presence. Now the thing is, it's not like there's a ton of um, artists or anything like that there, right. but it, it's all about like the peripheral events, all the side events that are going on. Um, if if you're into anime and manga, it's it's there for you. You right. know, I mean, they have the, they have con, co, um, costume contests. Um, they have a uh, an anime hyper wild dub contest. Ooh, you know, <laughs> and, and that that is something I'd be a part of. That is yeah, something so I would definitely be a part of. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, they talk about it's your chance to dub your own anime. You know, and so I would pay money to see you dub your own anime. Why? Thank um, you. <laughs> you know, but they have all this different kind of stuff there. They have you know, um, they have concerts. Um, are you familiar with like Voltaire? Oh yeah. And stuff. Well, he you know he's going to be there like in concert. Oh, excellent! Now Voltaire and, was actually at New York Anime Fest. Oh, cool! Yeah, and so he's going to be there. And get this: hold on to your seats. Ready? Mm-hmm. Naruto is coming to MegaCon. Wait, 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 wait. You mean the creator of Naruto? No, no. I'm saying Naruto, like the cartoon character. Uh huh. I'm not kidding you. I'm looking at the picture right now on the website, and it says Naruto is coming to MegaCon. Come to meet Naruto live, oh, and it's some God. dude in a costume. Oh, oh, I'm scared. That, that's oh. that's like when when a Toys R Us opens. It's not at the Hedgehog is there. I'm putting you first in line, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, I'm the poor soul who's literally watched one episode of this like 170 episode <laughs> show, and that one episode was fun and all that. But then I'm like, you know what? Do I really want to invest myself in something that's going to be at least 300 episodes long and out of those 300 episodes about 150 are filler i'm just telling you wall-to-wall stainless steel headbands wow <laughs> it's 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 all over the place man. this, this but sounds like, like my heaven thing. man seriously because yeah, you're, you're you're describing exactly what i like to find at a con a nice combination of anime manga and comics well and, and and it's there. I mean that's the thing. There's there's plenty of dealers, man. There's plenty of people who are uh who are looking to sell stuff. Of course there's the obligatory, you know, um sword salesman, you know, the right. guy who's who's selling all the swords and stuff. Um but check out some of the media guests. Like this is like th- this is pretty good. They got um Adrian Pazdar who plays Nathan Petrelli on Heroes. Cool. Um he's going to be there. Um get ready for this one. Erica Durance, Lois Lane, Smallville. Ooh. Hello. Okay. Yes, uh, she's going to be there. Christy Swanson, the original Buffy. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, there's a bunch, and then you got you know Peter Mayhew, the Chewbacca. Right. You know, you got like all these like uh, of course like you know Buck Rogers is going to be there. Um, Aaron Gray. You know, it's <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's, you you mentioned Buffy, and guess who literally just started watching Buffy like well, this past weekend? Was that you? Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah, I had never seen a Buffy episode other than the musical episode before this last Gosh. weekend. And I watched episodes one through six. So I'm I'm literally halfway through the first season now. And it's – I know that the first season's a bit bumpy, but it's already sort of hooked me. So I'm, I'm expecting that because I'm reading the comic book. And I'm like I, – I, I like the comic book, but I just – there are some things I don't get about it, obviously, because I didn't watch the series. I wasn't like a heavy watcher of the series. It was kind of one of those, if it was on, I'd catch it. Right. But I think that's the good thing about Buffy is even though there's a lot of 
you know, there, there's all these different levels of fans. And so if you're really into it, um, you know, there's a whole lot there for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're just kind of like that casual fan and you're not going to see every episode, you know, there's something there for you too. But uh, hold on, hold on to your hats. You ready? Okay. 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 Mark Singer, the Beastmaster, is oh, going to be at MegaCon. Wow. The only way you could top that is if you actually get Shira to show up. Oh, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> it. It's happening, and they will fight in the center of the ring. <sighs> but uh, <laughs> that's just like the media guest. But they got cool stuff. They got like Joe, you know, Joe Gasada. Say what you will, but he's going to be there. Ethan Van Skyver, mm-hmm. Darwin Cook, John Romita Jr. Um, you know, there's going to be a ton of guys there, and if they all show up when they're supposed to show up, you'll have an opportunity to get some signatures and some sketches. Very cool. Um, there, were, there were a couple instances last year when they didn't show up. Well, um, that was also because uh, last year New York Comic Con happened at almost the exact same time. I know that, I know that there were some oh, people yeah. that accidentally double booked. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that was crazy. So I'm, I'm grateful that it's happening now. Uh, the only plug that I got to tell you that I got to say is last year was the year that I started reading Usagi Ojimbo. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because Stan Sakai, the, the, the man who writes and draws Usagi, uh-huh. was so nice and he was giving away free sketches that I just spent some time talking to him. I had to buy the first couple volumes and then I was hooked. Wow. And uh, since then, I've just been buying up volumes all year long um, of Usagi Ojimbo. So That's um, what we're I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so MegaCon, man, you got to you got to come. You got to make it out, and then we'll you know we'll we'll bust out the uh, the recorders and and, oh, yeah. and have some fun. Well, like I said, I'm almost I'm almost 100 percent definite at this point. Um, we found a place. How can that's, you be almost 100 percent definite? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel right now. Because uh, <laughs> once once Brandon gives me the okay, then I'm gonna buy the hotel and we're getting our plane tickets and we're ready to roll because. Um, March is a heavy month for me because, uh, my usual anime convention that I go to anime Boston is yeah. later in the month. So I've got the first week, you know, is MegaCon. Then I got a break of about two weeks and then I've got, uh, anime Boston. And then in April this year is New York comic con. So, oh, man. so all of my usual, I usually have a, a July and August, which is full of cons. And this year, it looks like it's going to be March and April, which is just totally packed in with cons. If you start selling blood and plasma now, <laughs> you might have enough for the hotel room. <laughs> well, luckily, I found, I found a hotel room that's only 107 a night, and after the taxes and all that, it's 120 it, We just split that three, way, <laughs> three ways, and that's literally 120 per person, which is not that just bad. Just got to check your weapons at the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, the, the place the place that we get, that we're going to be getting is I'd say about footsteps away from the convention, which yeah, it's, it's, which, which is good. Awesome. Which is good. I think it's the Hampton or something like that. The Hampton uh, or the Hawthorne Hawthorne Resort. There we go. And I'm pretty sure that that one has two doubles and a sofa bed and a kitchen. So we're set. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you got a couple guys that can sleep on the beds. Mm-hmm. You got somebody who could sleep in the sink in the kitchen. Exactly. You got the got the bath to, the bathtub. You can work it out, man. So that you you got every crevice marked in there. Mm-hmm. It'll only cost you ten bucks a night. Oh yeah. <laughs> on second thought, maybe not. But you know what? Are you <laughs> but hey, even even at that rate, that's better than some of the other rates I have. Like I know I'm spending a hell of a lot more out of my Boston. So you know that that it's, much I can it's, definitely it's, get. It's better than nothing, man. You, I mean, oh, yeah. the the hotel is only part of the deal, and and spend as little as you can on the hotel so that you can have more money to spend on comics 
and and food because if you're not going to get a car that's the one thing about megacon if you're not going to get a car mm-hmm. there's not a lot of options that are like within walking distance right, that are right. nearby well brent, so, brent will luckily be our ride that's the good thing always because because he's coming from uh gainesville so he's going to have his car with him all the time so anytime it, you could sucker somebody to drive for you you're in good shape oh you're damn right and that, that's exactly how I'm feeling. So, I mean, uh, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, wh- one last thing I'll ask you before we, uh, we switch subjects. From your experience last year, what are you looking forward to improving upon this year? Now that you've got the lay of the lamb of Megacon, uh, what are you looking forward to doing this year you didn't do last year? You know, the funny thing is I'm, I'm traveling lighter this year. Okay. I mean, la- last year, you know, I, I kind of I followed like the strict kind of convention, you know, do's and don'ts, you know, br- you know, bring the jacket, do this, do right, that. Right. Um, I'm traveling much lighter. Um, it was it was actually it was really cool to be able to um, I had like a little um, my, my backpack with me so I could kind of throw some stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm even going to ditch that because it's like it, it's it's a packed place. And so, in order for you to you know to, to get up and down the aisles, they they did better this year apparently uh, than they did last, and so it's going to be a, a bigger space and, and a little bit wider. Nice. But man, it's like you know, after a while, you know, if you've got a car that you can just take stuff to, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier to just say, okay, if I got a stack of stuff, I'm going to hang on to it, and then in, you know, next hour we'll walk over to the car, we'll drop everything off, and come back because. Um, it, you got to travel light in there. Oh, yeah. There's just so much stuff, and then it's like it, it's just dumb. And then when I pack for it, it's like I usually pack only like one day of clothes because I'm like I know I'm going to buy a t-shirt. I know there's <laughs> going to be some Superman boxers somewhere that I want to buy. <laughs> you know, I'll be set for life. You know, um, and and if not, you're the guy standing outside with the uh, will hug for clothes. Exactly, and that and carry cash, man. I mean, like, the, like you know, definitely. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it ca- cash is obviously the necessity, but it's but it's the necessity for for everything that's there, man. Because um, you know, all the dealers there and stuff, obviously, you know, will mostly deal in cash. You know, so you want to be discreet about it, but man, you you know, you want to carry that and just travel light. Don't don't figure you'll find a place that you could throw a jacket down or something because you'll never see it again. Oh right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And you know what? Uh, if, if, if the place we're, we're getting our hotel is as close as I think it is, I think we'll be set on that. Because like I said, we'll just be able to run back to the hotel and drop things off when need be. So we'll hopefully be safe on that. And just have, you know, have a designated you know, runner. Have, some, you know, have the skinniest person you know, be the one that runs to the car all the time. Run, runner. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So let's move on from there. Uh, let's move on from conventions to uh, movies. I got, I got two I'm going to review here, but I'll, I'll touch on the first one first. Uh, the more, I guess, the more familiar one I'll go with first. Uh, F- the Futurama movie came out a couple weeks back. Uh, Futurama yeah. Bender's Big Score, which is the first straight-to-DVD Futurama movie, which is going to be split up into, I believe, uh, four episodes of the show, which is going to be airing on Comedy Central now. Before I even get into the movie, a rant on Comedy Central having Futurama, it's not going to last. You don't think so? No, I don't think it's going to last. I think that somehow Futurama is going to find a way out of this uh, this deal because already from the commercials they've been airing, they're doing a terrible job. Oh, man. Because these commercials, you know what they're trying to do? You know how Adult Swim has those like hip, new style you know, car- like commercials that everybody's all, yeah, that's actually kind of funny and all that? Right. Comedy Central tried to do that. By tried, I mean they failed miserably, but they tried. Man, you know, and, and Futurama just gets a really bad rap. Yeah, no, it does, it does, and I mean, it, it was the one that should have survived over Family Guy. I'm still certainly in in that camp. However, at the same time, I like the way it ended. 
I like the way Futurama right. ended. It was it was ended on a high note, you know. And now that we have these movies, I'm not quite sure it's going to do that once this once these movies are over. But so. is that what their plan is now? So they had Bender's big score, and now they're going to release more stuff. Uh yeah, there are I believe three different movies which are going to be coming out to uh, be the quote unquote season. They're going to air a season on TV, which is made up of these movies. And the season they're airing on TV is going to have scenes that were not in the movie, which, of course, will allow them to then sell a season box set. So they're going to put out a DVD mm-hmm. to air it on TV to put out a DVD. You're damn right. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There are suckers out there that will buy both versions. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, but anybody who's a completist is going to have to do that. But, I mean, it's just, you know, in and of itself, it's just kind of a it's – a, it's a weird experiment. That I bet you will work for some show mm-hmm. someday, and unfortunately, it's probably not going to be for Futurama. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with with the storyline that was going on in Bender's big score, um, well, first off, you know how the for the last episode ended on that sweet note where it looked like you know Leela and Fry might possibly get together, everything looked good right. and pretty and all that. Yeah, they kind of forgot that happened. So that was no the way. that was the first thing that, that sort of annoyed me. They didn't even mention the fact that they were leaning towards that relationship, and they just were yet again back to the whole Wheeler thinks, you know, Fry is disgusting, blah, 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 that we had for most of the show, but in the last season, they were leaning more towards them having a relationship. Well, do you think that maybe, like, they're taking it, like, that this, that the movies and stuff are, like, happen within the seasons and instead of, no, you know, like, after I, the finale? I don't think so, because from the first line in the in the movies, they talk about being quote unquote canceled. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> because because they were I wanted they, them to have little one eyed babies. Their license was canceled. They couldn't actually be a delivery service anymore. And the best line in the entire thing is when Wheela is standing there and there's a bunch of you know like automatic fans behind her and she's like, yeah. but what about all of our adoring fans? <laughs> That's and, the kind of stuff that, oh, yeah. that makes you up what it is. Definitely. And th- it was the box network that uh, that canceled them. They go back to the box network and they get their licenses back because the people who fired them in the first place were them themselves fired, of course. So right. they were able to get their licenses back. So let me get into the story here. I'm not going to spoil that much after this, but pretty much it's a, it's a, it's a time story, which is what Futurama does best, of course, because that's what the right. point of the show is. Fry has the secret to time travel tattooed on his ass. <laughs> and he doesn't know how it got there. None of them know how it, how it got there. But the Nibblers are obviously upset about it because anybody who uses that equation can create a solid paradox double of themselves. Because it's that sort of equation. As opposed to there being you know like uh, two people at the same spot at the same time and they implode – these two can coexist in the same space. The only problem is the universal law still is in effect, so at some point one of the doubles will die. But will they just they don't die as they just don't explode, right? Oh. Uh. Yeah. So you've got the situation where uh, Bender is being used to steal things from the past and, you know, use them to to be all rich in the future and Everything's going 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 kind of crazy there. Wheela falls for this guy, and his name is Lars, and he seems to be the perfect person. You know, like he's she's gone absolutely gaga over him, and I'm not going to give right. away anything about him, but there are secrets about Lars that you're going to be surprised about as the entire movie goes forward. 
And he's an interesting character. He is because he seems like the mature person that we has been looking for. Right. Versus the immature, which is Fry in a nutshell. There's a bunch of going back through time. Fry ends up back in 2000 and lives his life for a little bit, which is kind of fun to see. So he actually kind of like goes back home and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And the best part of it, the dog is still there. No way. Yeah, his dog is still there waiting for him. Well, obviously, because he's back in 2000, so he's able right. to you know, pet the dog and like and like actually co- you know correspond with the dog for a little bit. And <laughs> you know, it's just like back to normal. He lives, right. he lives on top of the pizzeria that he that he used to work at. Things are just looking kind of good for him, but eventually, the folks that commandeer Bender try and you know get rid of Fry because Fry's trying to save things and all that. It's a very typical Futurama story. My only problem with it is that it feels like it's multiple episodes. It doesn't feel like a movie. So they they went ahead. They already knew they were going to cut this up into episodes, and so they wrote it like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. It, it's, oh, okay. It's a, it's a long movie. It's a two-hour movie, and you can tell that this movie is just going to feel so much better once it's episodes. But the fact that they even tried to make it into a movie in the first place upsets me. Because right. we're missing out on parts that feel like they should have naturally been there. So would you say, like, to somebody who's thinking about getting it, like, would would it be better for them just to wait for them to air? I would say probably yes. Uh, if you're a huge fan of Futurama and you can't wait any longer and you do want to be a completist, or better yet, you just rather have it all in a movie fashion and not worry about actually watching it on the air, go ahead and do so. You're not going to lose that much in the process, but... As a fan of the show who knows that this is going to become episodes, I'm already looking forward to the episodes to see how different it is. Now, what do you think it's going to happen? Like, do you think that, like, if you know, if, if people support it, if they buy the DVDs or if they watch it, mm-hmm. do you think that you'll get another season of Futurama out of the deal that'll be more normal? I think so. If this goes well enough, we might have a Family Guy situation where it does continue to do good and good. Again, my only fear about this is how Comedy Central is going to work this because most of the people who got into Futurama in the past couple of years got into it because it was on late, like on Adult Swim at, you know, 11, 11, 1130, that sort of thing, uh, even 10 o'clock at times. They can't air it at 10 o'clock because that's South Park's time. So they're obviously not going to move South Park. They air it either at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock every day. I believe it's 8 o'clock. Oh, man, that's like buried. Yeah, tell me about it. What's worse is that only once a week, and this is something that they should definitely change, only once a week on Mondays you can watch the Futurama episodes that aired at midnight and like 1230. So they show a bunch of Futurama late at night, which makes me feel good because that's when I used to watch it in the first place. Right. But it doesn't happen every day. If they're they're going to make Futurama work – you have to put it on at a time that the former fans of it from Adult Swim would be able to watch it and not have it interfere with other shows they're watching, which is not going to happen on Comedy Central. No, but but there's not many other options for him to go to now anyway, is there? I mean, like, there's no other there's no other channel that Futurama would fit in, would it? Nowhere but Adult Swim, and I think that's exactly where it's going to end up again once this contract is up. The only problem is, I believe this is a five year contract. So, oh man! Well, by then, I mean, like you know, it's. I mean, right now you're just talking, you know, reruns and stuff. But if they're going to have any chance of getting new episodes and and another whole new season out of it, they need something better from the network. Oh yeah. Um, you know, even even if it's supported, even if people watch it, you know. Yeah, no, no question about that. I mean, let's see how the episodes do. I mean, for all I know, I could be entirely wrong about this, but the reason why <laughs> the reason why Futurama failed in the first place is because it was it was put in the middle of nowhere by Fox. You know they would they would air it at seven p.m. 
when there wasn't football. Well, we know how good you know Fox is anyway in handling most of their shows. Oh, yes, if it doesn't have Kiefer Sutherland on it, it's going to tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or or if there's Terminators, because you know if there are Terminators, and obviously everybody's going to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I got my theory on that too, but we could get to that. Later. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, 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 it did have the best first episode uh, ratings in the last three years, but then again, there's nothing else on. See, the trouble is, I still think though it's Fox, and I think that Fox is going to do something to, to to mess it up. And um, I haven't watched any, I haven't watched any of the episodes yet from from Terminator because right. I'm a I'm a DVR watcher. You gotcha. know what I mean? I'd rather watch on my own terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but I know that I mean, like you know, when I when I pop them in and stuff, I I want to have a good attitude about it and I want it to succeed. But just there's just something about Fox. It's maybe it's that that Firefly you know fan that's within me that just knows they're going to screw it up. Well, you know what I call it? I call it the Tim Minear effect. Oh yes, yeah. Because I had a full theory about this, which I think I've gone into on one of the shows once or twice. That Tim Minear was given this large contract by Fox just to strand him. And now that he's Absolutely. finally out of it, he can go do shows some elsewhere and actually, you know, hopefully have a good career. But Fox totally stranded him. And of course, what's he doing now? He's developing a brand new show with Joss Whedon. Exactly. And where's that going to go? Fox, who knows. Right. And then what do you have at Terminator? <laughs> Who's the Terminator? Uh Summer Glau. Summer Glau who was on uh Firefly who was produced by uh, Tim Minear. We're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, though, at least she's playing her part. At least she's Absolutely. playing the creepy, powerful chick. Well, she's good at that. Yeah. She's, she's great. I, I got no doubt that it's a great show. And, it, and I'll, I'll let you know when I see it. I just know it's on Fox. Yeah. So I hold it with loose hands. Well, just, just ending up the whole Futurama thing here, uh, the the cart, the actual animation is superb. They did a wonderful job on this. They knew that they were going to DVD, so they made this even better than usual. It's so it's, they kicked in like the big budget. You got it. Yeah, this is big budget animation here. It looks gorgeous, better than it ever has. The 3D parts look stunning, and there's a lot of good features on the DVD. So that's one of the reasons why to get it. Including, I don't know if you heard about this. They actually made a full half hour episode of Everybody Loves Hypnotoad. No way. They did. Oh, see, but that's the reason to get the DVD. Yes, yes, because my friends and I just sat there watching Everybody Loves Hypnotoad for, an exa- for a half hour. You see a, like an exterior shot of a house and then just Hypnotoad. Oh, man. <laughs> it's great. It's hilarious. Now, let me ha- ask you, like in your opinion, why do you think they didn't put this out in the theaters? Uh, they didn't put it out in the theaters because it wouldn't have done well. That's That's my reasoning on it. Um, It's... Futurama is a big property, but it's not big enough to make it in the theaters. Man, but it would have been cool if they would have put it out. Maybe you know, if you, it, it could have been a sleeper hit, and then you could have had a whole new season. Oh, it would have been awesome. I do agree with that. Um, however, I think actually the lackluster success of Firefly on the big screen might be one of the reasons why Futurama did not get a big screen release. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's 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 tough for a canceled show to, you know, <laughs> yeah. to 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 make to make it that good and stuff. The yeah. funny thing about Futurama, and I'll say this about Futurama, is um, in in all the years that that it's been going on and, and all that, to me, it, it's still been funny. It's been consistently funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been what The Simpsons has not been able to do, you know, in in some of the later years. I mean, right. it's great that it's still going on and stuff. But hey, the movie was few- good. Simpsons movie was good. 
Well, fantastic. They put all their cards in the movie. But Futurama has been consistently funny and good uh, from start to finish, I think. Oh, I agree. I agree. No question about it. There was not one low point, unless they, it was an intentional low point, as in a sad point, because they've had depressing episodes. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that episode with the dog, I still cry when I watch that episode. Because that is depressing as all hell at the end of the episode there where you just watch him age waiting for Fry to come back. I mean, talk about a downer, man. Oh, yeah. Well, but that, and that's the kind of series that Futurama was meant, was meant to be. You know, oh, yeah. it, was, you know, it was to be that kind of thing that will just kind of you know, hit you from all sides. I mean, there's hidden messages throughout that whole thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's another thing that's on the DVD, actually. They have a math lesson. Uh, actually, a, a full math lesson with the math professor they hired for Futurama. And every, everybody on Futurama, everybody in the writer's room are math nerds. So they talk about a bunch of the jokes that they've thrown in there over the years, which were mathematical equations. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Nerds. So, so again, if you want it for the special features, if you just want to see the uh, you know the actual – Movie that's fine. There are deleted scenes on it as well, which are kind of cool. They're 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 automatic, so they're not full scenes. But you know you can't win them right. all. In, in the end, though, like I said, it's it's a good movie. I just would rather it be episodes. I'm gonna give it about a three and a half out of five. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, on my queue. I gotta get it. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Uh, I'm sure you're Netflix in that one. Oh yes. <laughs> What else you got to talk about? I got a, I got an iPhone for my birthday about two months ago. Sweet. And uh, I'm not going to give an iPhone review because I mean there there are a ton of those you know online and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. The only thing I wanted to say about the iPhone is that it's the first PDA and the first PDA phone that I have used completely. Okay. Like I, I mean, the only feature I don't use on on my iPhone is the stocks feature mm-hmm. because I I'm poor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could Good use reason. it. Look, look at how much. Let's use pretend money, you know. And <laughs> yeah, it's, like, like, it's like you know, economics but, class. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just economics of being poor. Uh-huh. Um, but like, but the I mean, man, from from start to finish, I opened the thing up and 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 started using it. Plus, I mean, I have a Mac, and so it just speaks directly to my Mac. Everything just works real seamless. Setup was was a cinch. Every single phone that you can, you know, um, buy and, and, and attach to a cell phone company should be this easy to use, right? Uh, because I mean, literally, I plugged it in, I typed in the phone number, you know, some some password stuff here and there, and then boom, I was good to go. I was using it straight out of the box the first day. Um, the only thing that I have to complain about it is, and, and you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. Is um it it smudges, man. I mean, it's like it's one of those things where oh, yeah. you know they used to tell you ahead of time, oh no, it's no big deal, it's it's not a problem. But if if you're you know, I live in Florida, dude, it's sweaty all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that, dude, that's the reason I, why I don't have an iPhone because oh I just I, I I hate the fact that if I were to get an iPhone, I'd constantly be wiping it and cleaning it and wiping it and cleaning it. 
it, that that's my habit. Literally, I hang up, I wipe. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just that's exactly the way it goes. Like you know, co- constantly. And then um, you know, I mean, like that's and that's really that's the only complaint is just you know the funny thing is the cool thing about the iPhone you want to show it to people, right? Yeah. Well, you don't want to show your nasty, cruddy, like sweat stains on your iPhone oh. to people. You know what I mean? Like, hey, and now the funny thing is it's a great deterrent for people. Like, if you don't want to give it to them. Right. Because some people, some people don't have like when they see an iPhone, they don't have personal space and they want to touch it. Like and they want to like you know, oh, can I see it? Can I you know, can I touch your iPhone? Mm-hmm. And so what I love is like, yeah, I'll leave it all cruddy and I'll go, yeah, well, look, I, I sweat it all over it, and they'll go, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Good, never mind, man. Good call on that. It's all right. You you <laughs> you have not seen anything until you've walked into the the actual Apple Store. On, I believe it's, uh, I think it's, well, it's near Central Park, so it's somewhere, yeah. it's somewhere around there, and it's the Apple Store that's actually underground, so it's like a basement area. They have these right. really weird stairs to go down it too. Like they're these, they're these entirely made out of uh, glass stairs with no backings on them, <laughs> so you always feel like you're going to walk through them. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. It's like walking through like a like your arch nemesis's lair. Yeah, exactly. It's like being in the Fortress of Solitude, uh, only it's Lex Luthor's. Um, so, so anyway, <laughs> you walk down of there. Yeah, you walk down there and you're hit by two things. Number one, fanboy funk. Oh, man. and I mean like fanboy funk. <laughs> this is terrible, oh, dude. Gosh. All right, because you know that Apple fanboys are sweaty fanboys. Oh heck yeah, yeah. So that's number one. Number two. One of the reasons, I, yet again, why I did not pick up an iPhone was just looking at that display model they had and how gruddy and grody and icky and spewy it had become over, I guess, a day's time. Because I'm sure they cleaned them every day, but just from everybody touching them, this thing was more oily than a bad pizza shop's pizza. Oh, no. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. It was just, ugh, God, man. <laughs> and that combined with the fact that there's a like a kielbasa cart outside, and there's no actual like closing door for this place, so the entire basement was filled like filled with the smell of like falafel and kielbasa. Wow. Yeah. One of the weirdest that, that experiences of my sucks life. Sucks the fun out of it. Yeah, you're damn <laughs> right, man. You're damn right, it does. But at the same time, though, I'm like. Is is this what my iPhone's going to look like if I don't clean it for a day? You know, it's it's not like that for a day, but it's but it is one of those things where th- that's the pain. Now, to to their credit, it comes like you know you you can get like clear things to put over it, mm-hmm. um, but it it, it kind of it, it interferes slightly um, with with the touch screen. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't if you're not a master of laying down wallpaper, right, you will end up with these like air bubbles that you keep having to like to. Push out. And oh, push I out, know those cut well. I know those quite um, well because uh, I have the same thing on my Zenvision M, and it, yeah. it looks good. It looks beautiful, but it's still not quite perfect. The only time yeah. it looks perfect is at night, and the screen looks beautiful. But during the day, you can see like where all the air pockets were. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. and that's the so what I'm going to end up doing is you know I'm going to invest in uh, you go to the Apple Store and they have some you know cleaner it's like it's just, it's just like eyeglass cleaner and stuff and I'm just going to start 
you know, kind of polishing that thing up. Because I love, I love it when Max look nice and polished. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when when things look so like really nice and slick and and all. That. The other thing though that I have a problem with is th- you can't find a case for the iPhone mm-hmm. that 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 is secure enough that 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 you're okay with it hanging off your belt. Ooh, you know, so I just yeah. end up keeping it in a case inside my pocket all the time because I'm like. You know, I just know I'm going to make one wrong turn and this thing's going to spill. And I don't want to be one of those guys that uses, you know, an iPhone that looks like a bullet went through it. You oh, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. And uh, actually, speaking of the bullet through it, that's another reason why I get those covers because the uh, the covers are so freaking good that you could key them, you could drop them, you could like, oh, yeah. you could put a flamethrower over these things, and they would still be in perfect working order. Made out of Kevlar. Yeah. That's that's pretty much what these are. It's it's like it's literally like having a bulletproof vest on top of your iPhone. Man, it's it is. It's cool. And and I'll tell anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's not necessarily a review, but I mean, everybody who's asked me, "Man, should I get one?" You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you use your phone for anything other than making a phone call, uh-huh. you know, I mean, like if 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 you like to use use it for your date book, if you, I mean, I actually have appointments that I keep, so I put it in there, and you know, I mean, the contacts that's just a given. Everybody has contacts, mm-hmm. but like you know, visual voicemail is killer because you can, you know, if if you know if somebody's calling you a bunch of times, you don't want to listen to their messages. You don't even have to. You can just totally skip through them and just delete them. Right. Um, you know, there, there's there's a lot of good stuff about it. If you use your phone for anything other than just making a phone call, an iPhone's a really cool investment. But obviously, I would wait for at least another couple of weeks because Mr. Steve Jobs will be giving his keynote address this week, and uh, you know, and so obviously he'll probably be coming out with like the iPhone Nano or something. I, uh, I doubt it. I think this is going to be a pretty <laughs> dull year for for MacWorld and all that. I kind of hope for again for my sake, just because. I hate seeing people buying their product and a week later realizing it's out of date. Well, yeah, and he's done better this year. If you know, I mean, like this yeah. year has been a pretty good year. It's been, you know, basically the iPhones and and and, and you know the updated iPods, and it's actually been a year, you know, for most of that stuff, right. you know, to go through without an update. And I think that that's just some of the stuff that they're realizing. But yeah. um, I do think there's going to be an you know, if anything, the announcement as far as iPhone is going to go is that they're going to finally allow third-party programs yeah. Um, yeah. for the iPhone, which is great. And, and that's you know, – I'm, I'm way looking forward to that. Now, actually, that, that brings me to the question I was going to ask you uh, to, before we move on. Actually, two questions. Uh, have you hacked it? And number two was were you an AT&T customer before the iPhone? Yeah, I was an AT&T customer beforehand, okay. so that was definitely okay. a, a huge plus. And I'm I'm a wuss when it comes to hacking stuff, man, because yeah. you know, well, first off, this was it was a Christmas um it was a birthday present mm-hmm. and uh so it wasn't you know, I I had been saving up for an iPhone and then um you know, uh, my family actually, you know, got it for me for my for my birthday. And so it's kind of one of those things where I'm always afraid of I'm going to attempt to hack it and then Right. It's going to explode or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I, I've I've been afraid to to do it. Some of the stuff though that I that I did do was it was I, I had looked up how to make my own ringtones, uh-huh. and I had already started messing with that when they finally came up with the new uh, software updates for the Max mm-hmm. that now GarageBand allows you to make ringtones for free. Right. Yeah. And so I mean, like, so as I was learning how to do that, I it ended up being moot point because I didn't have to do that, <laughs> and uh, and now I'm like a ringtone making machine. Yeah. So. I, I, I can't believe they were charging for those in the first place. That was just so greedy. Well, they still charge you though. They still charge you if if you buy it. See, the, the thing is, is if you buy 
of a, a song from iTunes, they still charge you ninety nine cents to to make that into a ringtone. Yeah. But this is for uh, GarageBand. You can use GarageBand for all the songs that you rip in from your CDs okay. or you download from somewhere else and all that. Right. Which right. that's just where I go because I'm like I'm not going to pay ninety nine cents for a ringtone. Well, you could always uh, even even if you are going to get it from iTunes, you could always just burn the CD and then burn it back. So well, you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even if you're even if you're you know still going to buy it from iTunes, at least you still have that option. And those are exactly the kind of poor man hacks that I like. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, that's just like I, I – when, when I got my second Zen, I decided, you know what? I guess it's time to start hacking the first one. Oh, yeah. And, and the, uh, the, I realized that there are, uh, there are hacks out there to change the font and the, the styles. So I got a Xbox 360 font onto my ZenVision M. Oh, that's cool. Which looks pretty damn sweet. So that 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 what I'm, that's what I'm working with uh, right now with that. But all right, let's 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 move on to there, and let's <laughs> let's move to uh, a, a movie that probably most of you guys have not heard of. I myself had not heard of it until recently, and that is when my girlfriend handed me a stack of DVDs and said, "Watch these," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and you gotta this, love that. Oh yeah, this was one of them. It's called Series Seven: The Contenders. Oh yeah. Now about this movie. You know, reality shows suck most of the time, right? Absolutely. Now, this is a movie which is based upon a fake reality show where it's a world where everybody is born with a number. Everybody's immediately given a number. And there's this lottery where if your name comes up, you end up on this reality show called The Contenders. And what this reality show does is when your number comes up, you're handed a gun, and then you're told, kill everybody else. There are five contenders, and your goal is to survive. That's it. It's as simple as that. you got, you got to survive the other people that get recruited into the reality show? Uh-huh. So they're all hunting each other? Mm-hmm. It's the way it goes. I love it. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, now, the, uh, the main character is played by uh, Brooke Smith. I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you, but she's on yeah. Gaze Anatomy now, and she's been on uh, – she was on uh, Weeds this season and a bunch of other places. She's been around for years. Uh, and she plays such a convincing character. She plays the returning champion. So she's been on for, I think, three seasons now, and she just is like the master of killing people. But here's the twist. She's pregnant, and, <laughs> and she is due to give birth at any minute. When she's handed her gun for the new series. No way. Yeah. And the new series is taking place in her old hometown. Which she has not been back to in years. So she's forced to visit her family again. And one of the other contenders is actually her high school sweetheart. Sweet. Yeah. Who is played by, uh, I believe it's uh, Glenn Fitzgerald. Who's actually currently uh-huh. on uh, Dirty Sexy Money, which is another wonderful new series if you haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, he plays the uh, one of the members of the Darling family on Dirty Sexy Money. He plays the uh, the former priest, which is now whole story going on with him. But he's a wonderful actor as well, and he has testicular cancer, so he's dying, and he's handed. So a he's gun. already dying. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why people think, you know, well, oh, he'll be so close to death, he's not going to matter anymore. But no, he wants Dawn to kill him. Wow. So it's, it's, that, it's that huge. 
And I went into this movie having absolutely no idea what it was about. I didn't even bother looking at the box. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just watch this and see what happens. First off, not only is the movie great, but the voiceover is great. Because the voiceover, the narration, is done by everybody's favorite member of Arrested Development. And that, of course, is Will Arnett. No way. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. And the best he's part... He's got a great voice, too. Oh, he's fantastic. I didn't even realize it was him at first. Because at the end of the movie, and this isn't giving anything away, there's a scene where you actually see the narrator, and, and it is actually him. But I actually thought for most of the movie... Have you ever seen the anime Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. I thought it was the guy who played Spike. Because uh-huh. it sounds just like his voice all the way through. But then I found that... Does it was, Will Arnett play Spike? No, 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 no. It's a totally different person. (laughs) Yeah, but he was using a voice that was, you know, sort of deeper than what he usually does, and a little more gravelly, and you know, in a world, yeah, it's like it's like series seven, the contenders. You know, he's doing something like that, which which isn't usually what he does, and it 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 just threw me off guard. But there aren't that many big names in this, uh, mostly because if there were big names, you'd be thrown by that. You'd be thinking the entire time, oh, I know this person. And and that's it. But there are, I don't know, like everybody who plays a role in this just does, does such an amazing job. And the director of this movie, uh, Daniel, uh, I believe it's, it's Daniel Minahan, I believe. And huh? he, he directed and wrote the movie. It was done for uh, Sundance originally. And they did a full version of it. They then got picked up and reshot the movie, changed a couple of things and released it under a actual, uh, you know, uh, under USA Pictures. And the reason why this feels so much like a reality show is because he made it like a reality show. He has like the TV cut scenes. It's done as if it's a, th- it's a if it's a, a three episode marathon of the show. Oh, wow. So they're done back to back to back. He filmed it in the digital, st- in the like the uh, the video style that the uh, that all TV shows are done. They've got bumpers and everything, and he actually has actually worked on reality shows, so he knows what it's like. So oh, when man, he was working awesome. on a reality show back in like I think it was '97 or something like that, he got the idea for this movie. He pitched it as a series first. It was turned down, and he's like, you know what? Forget it. I'll make a movie. And then series seven, the contenders was made. It's satire, but it's not quite satire. It feels so real. It's like this could be where our country is in a couple of years because we're that ridiculous at this point. This is the sort of thing that you'd be into. So, well, there's the kind of you – know, there's that whole idea of, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, reality shows. I mean, they're, they just – they go so far now to just try and entertain you. You right. know, it's like, you know, it's no longer – you know, well, we're going to switch out moms and, and, and see what happens. Now we're going to switch out moms and we're going to, you know, give them chainsaws and let them have lumberjack contests. You know, it's right, like right. it just kind of keeps going like bigger and broader. And you kind of almost wish, hey, why don't we just take some of these reality people and give them a gun? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's let somebody hunt down Donald Trump, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and because of the lottery aspect of the show, there's an 18-year-old girl. There's a uh, like an older man who's uh, pretty much a conspiracy theorist, so he's out of his mind. Uh, there's a, a a guy with a family who's on drugs, so he's not exactly in the best the best of minds. And oh, wow. the most compelling character out of everybody, uh, even more so than Dawn to me, is this nurse, which is handed a gun, and she right. is one of the most sadistic people on the show. 
because you wouldn't think she'd be willing to do all of this because she's been helping people all these years. But no, she knows the techniques better than anybody wow. because she's been watching it for so long. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's that's creepy. Awesome. It's freaky. So again, it's, it's what an, happens when like the fan becomes part of the show, and exactly, exactly. So it's the tagline is "real people in real danger." So that just that just just, just gives it all away. <laughs> um, like I said, it's definitely worth Netflixing if you get a chance. Uh, so now, it's not a new movie. I mean, it's been out since two thousand one. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and so it's you know so that's the, the, that's the cool thing is that a lot of these guys like Will Arnett and uh, and, and Brooke Smith have been in this movie. And this is literally when they were just basically newcomers mm-hmm. and stuff, and so we we see them now, and we kind of get to see you know where that thing's been, right? Um, you know, but uh, I just looked it up real quick, and the guy who was the director, um, Daniel Minahan, he also went on to he he directed episodes of Six Feet Under, oh, um, wow. L Word. He did episodes of Deadwood, mm-hmm. and also Grey's Anatomy, which is kind of funny because one of the you know, one of the cast members is in Grey's Anatomy now, um, but Smith. like they went on there, yeah. and he's also um, the assistant director of I Shot Andy Warhol. Oh um, wow! And so yeah, I mean, so if you've ever seen that oh, movie, boy. yeah, so it's that's that's awesome. I mean, yeah. that guy's really talented. I Shot Andy Warhol is one of the movies that I I need to see because I, I again everybody it's another one of those movies that people have just been talking about to me ever since it came out. Oh yeah, I've yet to. Still if you get a chance, to you got to throw yeah. that on your queue. Oh, it's it's definitely going on my queue because you just reminded me about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, in in general, like I said, if you want something that's been out for a few years but it's still good, and the extra features make it even more worth it because they've got um, a featurette on the original version of the movie, which was done for Sundance. They've got a bunch of deleted scenes, a director's commentary. And they've got a couple of other features in there which are nice and worth it, and there's a couple of Easter eggs thrown in there as well. So definitely worth picking up from Netflix or anywhere that you can find it, even in like a discount bin somewhere or Amazon Marketplace or whatever. Just give it a shot. It's well worth it. Just pick it up. The funny thing about it is, especially you know, right now, it's it's so timely, man, because you got the writer strike going on, mm-hmm. and, and and you've got just this just obscenely um, you know ridiculous amount of reality TV that that's getting thrown on TV now. And the funny thing is, is that the the original, not the original necessarily like birth of reality TV, but the first burst of of reality TV shows came during the first writer strike back in the late '80s. Yeah. Uh, and we had, you know, we have that to thank, you know, the kind of spearhead thing. Now we have this other writer strike going on, and literally, man, they're just coming out. They're coming out with shows. They're, they're pulling out old shows. Oh yeah, uh, and, and returning the, you know, like the mole is coming back. Uh-huh. Like we needed that, you know. And, <laughs> and and it's like so all these things are coming out, and, and you just take a look at this, and it's like you know, it's not that far off before some kind of manhunter type reality show is, is on, you know. Right, right. I mean, come on, they already had Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> and we know where that ended up. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yes. All right. All right. Never well, talk on the cell phone. Oh. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to give your uh, your thoughts on what uh, Apple's doing in 2008, real quick? You know, I mean, really, I mean, some of the stuff that I've been checking out. Um, obviously, you know, the rumor sites are are crazy. You know, over. Um, you know, what are they going to be? You know, pulling out in the ways of uh, the MacBooks and stuff. One of the things they they keep talking about this. Now, this is an every year thing, they, and and they think that now that the technology is there for the iPhone, they're really pushing the idea that maybe you know he might announce something like a like a MacBook Touch, mm-hmm. um, something like that. I don't think that this is the year that that a tablet 
notebook's going to come out for Apple. No I'm, question. I, I, I could be wrong with that, you know, but yeah. I just I just don't think I don't think the the need is there. It's not there right now. I don't and, think it's there either. And plus, if they were to release that now, this would go against the announcements that they made like two weeks ago, where they were coming out with new MacBooks and all that. So yeah. they'd be fighting themselves. That's why I think that this this Mac this entire event that's going to be taking place, nothing big is going to be revealed. Maybe you'll have one or two updates for the iPhone, maybe. Maybe you'll have one or two updates to the uh, to the iPod line, but I doubt there's going to be anything big. The only thing that I think that, that we could consider big um, that I think is going to come out is I, I do think that there's going to be some changes made um, to Apple TV. Okay. And uh, the reason why is because um, – Apple's been been having some discussions with some of these production companies, and they've been talking to some of the studios about opening iTunes up for movie rentals. Mm-hmm. And and they've been talking with them and stuff. And I really think that they they knew when they threw out the first Apple TV that this thing wasn't going to stick. This is just the first version, so they could get something out there yeah. and and get things going. I do think that the beginnings of uh, uh of the new set top box. I mean, I. I just started kind of my my dipping my toes into the whole HD and home theater realm. You know, I started off by you know uh, we we got a TV for Christmas last year, and mm-hmm. and so now I'm like I'm looking into the, all the home theater stuff, and I, I would love to be able to put a, a set top box that that streams movies or downloads HD movies and stuff that I could just rent. I just want to be able to rent them and do it, and and I think that Apple's going to put the fast track on something like that because Netflix. Um, is currently working on the same exact thing, and in fact, they're um, they're ready to do it because Netflix yeah. has also been working with with Apple in in terms of opening up um, their online streaming for Macs. Right. Because right. Uh, they, originally they were only going on for PC, mm-hmm. and so if if Netflix and Apple aren't working together in terms of putting together one box, um, then definitely there's going to be a race between the two of them uh, to get something out there. And I think it's I think it's awesome because I think that's where that's where it's going, and yeah. and some of the other stuff that's going out with Netflix right now is that the prices are going to end up having to go up for Netflix because of um, the the post office is raising Netflix's rates. Yeah, uh, I heard about for, that. for mailing stuff out. So it's kind of it, it's going back and forth, and eventually, you know what, man? Um, I, I'm a lazy American. I don't want to have to walk all the way out to my <laughs> you know mailbox and put my movie back in. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Because we're all lazy bastards. We all live in America. <laughs> That's it. So that's the only thing. I really think that um, uh, rather than you know all the music and all that kind of stuff, I think that uh, the biggest thing that might come out of there is, is something coming having to do with the Apple TV. They gotta have DVR uh, features because it's, well, that's the thing. It's it's, it's gotta work that way. Yeah, because it, it's about time that they need. If this is going to be a set top set top box, like you're saying, it has to be able to do the cable thing that every other set top box does. You know, record well, and the satellite, the record the cable, do that. The, that's the, the the funny thing is like they're they're missing that piece, and the 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 funny thing about that is people have been using Macs as their own personal DVRs for years now. Oh yeah, um, you know the, the the first time I was wowed by a home theater system was by seeing somebody who took a Mac Mini mm-hmm. and and basically installed the software themselves and got everything all set up and ready uh, and turned it into a DVR. Yep. And literally they, they hit the the menu button and it pops up and they've got it all set up and it's it's. Beautiful. Yeah, that, and, uh, that's the it, same system that's uh, done for the Linux uh, system, correct? For that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 the same exact thing. People have been doing that for years on their own. So why not do something 
for for Joe Blow out there who doesn't know how to hack their Mac. They don't right. know how to you know they don't want to have to deal with it. They just want to buy it ready to go um, and, and set up the DVR. The the biggest trouble with the Apple TV right now is man, if you want to use it, you got to pay a buck ninety nine for the episode that you want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that's and, and that's just that's just not going to fly. You need to be able to to record it straight off the DVR and uh, and, and and at least have it you know um, you know you know have that instant playback of something that you just watched. Uh, along with a streaming download of of a high def movie that you downloaded, I agree. Yeah, and go, going into the whole tech theme, um, what quick quick answer to this as uh, we got we got news to report as well. But Gizmodo's prank at CES, childish, oh, yes, uh, deserving of a lifetime ban for the blogger who was behind it, who I believe was Giz. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's that, I, that's childish on both parts, but even more so on CES for saying, "Well, you can't come back to our show now." Yeah, I, I think it's 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 one of those things that, um, and and again, the guy who was actually the guy who was uh, uh, banned for for life, uh, it, the guy's name was uh, Richard Blakely. Yeah, um, and he's just a blogger. He's a staff blogger for Gizmodo, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he went, he got one of those TVB guns, and he walked around, you know, CES. And and using a TV Begone you know remote basically allows you to have control over anything with an infrared you know uh, sensor to turn it on and off. And he went around and, and turned off all these monitors, turned off all these giant screen TVs. And uh, I, I think the people at CES were a little bit uptight. Uh, I saw you, you saw the YouTube video, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. The guy, yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. and I, you know, he was probably just a. I, I think it, maybe it was a little bit excessive in terms of okay, the, the first few times were really funny. Yeah. Um, but I do know that these guys nowadays, it's not, you know, uh, consumer electronics isn't about fun and games anymore. I mean, they right. closed it off to the general public, uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and now it's like, you know, there's there's some real money exchanging hands um, at these shows. And I think that, you know, th- I think that's where CES kind of took offense was they kind of saw, they saw dollar signs going away. But I don't think that, I don't think that that would have any effect on things, you know. The biggest mistake that he made was doing it to the Motorola guys. As they were oh, doing, yeah. as they were doing their presentation, because that oh, yeah. was the one part of it I actually really took offense of. It was it was cute and funny and silly up until that point because you don't mess with somebody's presentation. That was where I felt bad. I really felt I was like I felt bad for the guy on stage. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for Motorola, and uh, and, and I think that you know it's, I mean you're right. I mean like the guy you know messing around. I think it was it was cute and funny, um, and. You know, I, I mean, a lifetime ban for for that dude. If it was, if he was the guy, it was his idea to go around and do it. Um, you know, give him some kind of slap on the wrist. Don't let him come back next year or something like that. But you know, I mean, he, you know, it, it's it's also it's Gizmodo's fault for you know putting you know they obviously knew something. They put the video up. You know, oh, of course, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and and of course, Gizmodo was doing this just to get more people to go to their site because. They've recently uh, – Gawker in general recently changed the way that people get paid where yep. the more page hits they get, the higher pay rate they get. Absolutely. So this is definitely a reason behind that. But you know what? Everybody is is childish in some ways, and I guess it's just a new way to be childish in the tech world. Everybody loves a good practical joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if, it, <laughs> even if it goes too far and hurts a Motorola guy, what are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do? For Motorola. Uh-huh. Yeah, they'll never they'll never survive. They're hurting. Uh-huh. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's move on here to the news. So it's time for the geek news. Geek news. 
Okay, so it's geek news, and yet again, we'll go to Wayne first on this one as he's got some interesting movie news. All right, man. Uh, we got a uh, major movie franchise uh, making its way back. Uh, New Image and Millennium Films, they struck a deal uh, for North American distribution rights. You ready? With Lionsgate to create a trilogy based on Robert E. Howard's muscle-bound hero, Conan. Ooh. Uh, we've been hearing about this, you know, on and off. You know, we've heard different things like Triple H from the WWE might be, you know, Conan. You know, we've heard all these different people. Um, Arnold. <laughs> Arnold could be coming back. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, they're reporting that, you know, the, the, that the first movie could go into production later uh, in 08. And the projected budget is going to be $100 million bucks. Um, that is, of course, you know, if they could get some kind of resolution with the writer's strike. But then right. again, with Conan, what kind of writing do you need? You know? I mean, just... <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I think you could just take the same script from the first movie and just do it over. Uh, yeah. You know, the first fram- film franchise is going to be written by uh, Thomas Dean Donnelly, Joshua Oppenheimer. Uh, the, <laughs> the writing duo's most notable piece of work was the movie Sahara, starring Ooh. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, that's a so, wonderful series of work right there. Yeah. I will tell you this. This is who I would, you know, I, I don't know about the dude's body or, or anything like that but the guy who i would um you know consider for uh for conan is um the guy who plays dan vassar on journeyman the same dude Ooh. who was on rome oh my um, god yeah that, that that'd be fun man that'd be really if, fun if we could bulk him up or or or, or put some animal skin on him <laughs> you know he, he he might make for a good conan yeah well we'll have to see because again he is one of my favorite actors now because journeyman was one of my favorite shows of the year so I, 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 would be I, okay, love, I would be okay I with love, that. I love Journeyman, and uh, unfortunately, he's going to have some time on his hands. So, hey, hey, you know. hey, hey, we don't know that for sure yet. We do well, not know that yeah. for sure yet. As uh, there was someone who posted to the io9 blog that said uh-huh. that uh, their aunt works as one of the production people behind Journeyman, and she went back to work. Oh, really? So, again, this could be false information that's just being spread, or it might be true, because at this point... Remember, pilot season's pretty much dead at this point. There, there's nothing new that's going to come out there, you know, on, on on TV or anything like that. But the guy, I mean, the, the guys over there um, at Journeyman, Journeyman was my number one favorite, you know, TV show of the new year. Oh yeah, same um, here. Same and, here. and the guys there were were so talented, and the show was going in a direction that a lot of people were calling it a knockoff of Quantum Leap, which is so easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's about time travel. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. of course you're going to get that kind of, you know, stuff. But the, the directions that they were heading into, especially with that last episode that aired, had me so hooked. Oh, no um, question. By the way, the guy's name is Kevin McKidd. Okay. Um, guy who plays Dan Vassar. Um, and, and again, if, you know, if it's delayed, if it's just not going to come back till next fall or something like that, you know, he might have some time on his hands. Um, he might make a good Conan. He's also my pick for Thor if they ever have a Thor movie. Ooh, so, ooh, ooh, you know. Yes, as long as it's not Triple H, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just don't let him act, damn you. Don't let him act. He does a bad job on WWE in the first place. Uh, I, I got some Flickr news, and it's not exactly good news, especially if you are a Flickr user that likes to you know, do silly things, because don't do any silly things on Flickr, because you might have all of your comments destroyed. This this came out of uh, of laced dot com I believe that's L well, or the laist dot com I guess l a i s t dot com Flickr now limits you to zero mistakes per person in the so called Flickrverse inadvertently putting one naughty 
esque photo in a comment thread will get you flagged and censored, maybe even having all your comments from the past 10,000 in all deleted. It wasn't too long ago that Flickr implemented its own questionable censorship system, which resulted them in restricting all of my photos and then apologizing about it later with a whoops are bad and became perhaps a big, a bit heavy handed with their ability to decide what we can and cannot do. It appears that now one is not allowed a single mistake, as instead of issuing a warning for a violator, instead they just started deleting to their heart's content. This is not looking good. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just, just to give you the, uh, the, the short story here, uh, there was a Flickr user who had a, a bit of a flame war with somebody, posted an image, an animated GIF that was uh, of a, a woman's covering her breasts and she was bouncing. Let's put it that way. Right. But they were covered. But what she didn't realize is that there was a lewd image in the corner of that image that she didn't see. Everybody was fine with it. The original thread poster was fine with it until somebody who was not a part of that thread reported her. And because of that one reporting, they sterilized her pretty much. They got rid Man. of every single comment she had ever made. And she, this person is one of the most popular people on Flickr, apparently. And they deleted right, everything she had. And... Right. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So as of now, they have re- reversed her decision and made her a, you know, a safe person again. But she's not, she's not getting those comments back. Right. Because they're gone. I mean, basically pretty much just erased her from existence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she still had her photos, at least. But right. all the comments that she had made over the past couple of years, I'm assuming, were just gone. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I could understand, hey, let's erase that one bad comment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, why are you going to just erase everything? Unless that's already a posted thing that, you know, hey, I mean, I guess now it is, you know, now be careful because, you know, all, all that time you take in, in posting other people's, you know, stuff and, and you know, could just could just be gone. I mean, I only use, you know, I use Flickr you know, to kind of hold like vacation pictures and all that kind of stuff. I'm not much of a, you know, I, I never have used it as a social, you know, networking website. Right. right. Uh, but I, you know, but but I mean, I I'd, I'd still be ticked off. I mean, even if it like if if it was on any kind of like forum that I normally hang out oh, in sure. or something, on just because I have one bad day or one bad moment, everything else gets you know erased or dumped. I mean, that's just that's not cool. That's that's censorship. Yeah. yeah, and for that matter, whatever happened to three strikes and you're out. Come on, three you know? strikes. Yeah, because I mean that's what almost every single website uses as their right. policy. And now all of a sudden, Flickr, who is owned by Yahoo, let's make that perfectly clear, meaning that this is Yahoo's stance that yeah, you is. have no room for error whatsoever. Even my mom would count to three when I was being bad when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't want to know who raised the people who work for Yahoo right now. <laughs> One, you ate the cookie. You're doomed. I will erase every cookie from your existence. That's it. I'm erasing your marriage. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That's that's somebody else. Uh, let's not talk that's... about that. Because if we talk about that, we'll be talking about that forever. But yeah. All right. So yeah. So Flickr uh, is sort of in a bad way right now. But let's talk about happier things. Why don't we? Happier things like, you know, like serial killers who are good guys. There you go. There you go. Um, one thing that we could thank the writer strike for, man, is uh, starting in February, uh, previously aired episodes of Showtime's Dexter will be moving to CBS in a heavily edited form. 
Uh, have you ever seen Dexter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've watched it all, okay. all two seasons. It's great. I haven't seen the second season yet. Uh, I've only seen the first season. Uh, but the premiere of the first season of Dexter is going to launch Sunday, February 17th mm-hmm. at 10 p.m., um, with the remainder of the of the debut season airing over the next uh, 11 Sundays after that. This is one of those things coming out of the writer's strike uh, that you got a, a show like Dexter, who uh, I guess you know Showtime is a sister company of CBS. Dexter's going to be um, hopping on there. The only thing is, I mean, you know, I mean, Dexter's a great show. It's a brilliant show. I loved it. Oh yeah. Uh, watching that first season again. I haven't seen the second season yet, but I hear lots of great things about it. But here it is, uh, coming February. Thanks to the writer strike, it's going to be uh, coming onto network TV. Uh, now, I have seen episodes of The Sopranos on A and E. It's not pretty, right? It's it's not pretty. Um, it's not horrible. Like for somebody who hasn't seen. Like there, there's a lot of episodes of Sopranos that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. and so I know when I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> but it, it hasn't been terrible. You know, I've seen episodes of like Sex and the City on like TBS or something like that. That's definitely not pretty. <laughs> yeah, that that's been really terrible. And so I'm really trying to figure out how in the world, unless they, uh, unless they already knew that Dexter might make it on the network TV at some point, and they they you know, reshot certain scenes, you know, cause a lot of times yeah. now they'll do that. They'll, they'll reshoot scenes for edited versions. Maybe, um, maybe, if maybe, uh, you know, to do it. I don't know how they're going to do it for Dexter. Yeah. Uh, I would be more excited if Dexter was showing up like on FX mm-hmm. or, or if it was showing up, uh, you know, again, cause A and E, you know, they have a little bit more leeway with some of the stuff, especially cause they air it late at night. Yeah. CBS, I don't know. I'm 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 having a hard time trying to figure out how uh, the Tiffany Channel <laughs> is gonna be able to air something like this uh, and have it still be good. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should mention FX though because that's actually where it airs in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah, it airs in on the uh, UK version of FX. Uh, I believe it's the UK version. It could be the Australian version. But I'm almost positive. Is it edited version. there? No, no, no. That's straight up. That's that's Man, straight see- up uh, because you know British are different than us. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, for, and for the better in many, many ways. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. Because but I think it, you know, it's one of those things, man, Dexter, I think they could get away with some of the blood, but man, some of that stuff, I mean, even like that entire first, you know, season story arc, uh, and what the, you know, the, the bad guy does to people, oh, sure. how are they going to do that and present that on the, on a TV well, screen? They're obviously going to have to take some of the gore out. They're going to have to edit it for commercials also. So there's going to be some bits and pieces taken out there. Uh, language is going to be taken out because Dokes curses like a sailor. Oh, I know. Maybe they just have to edit him out completely from the show. They can't because he's very important <laughs> in season two. I'm not spoiling anything, but he's an important character in season two. So if they were to take him out, it would be it'd be ruined pretty much. But yeah. um, we're just going to have to wait and see how things go here. I'm going to hope for the best, but I'm not really expecting much. I don't know. I mean, the, the show the show is brilliant, and the only thing the only the only thing that concerns me is. It's such a great show. If this is people's first exposure to the show, mm-hmm. I just I, I don't want them to get turned off by it because of of, of what they're getting, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll have to see. You know, we'll have to check it out. I for one, you know, I want to watch it on network TV, basically just to support it. You know, good television right. uh, when it's on. And, and thank God 
then it's not reality TV. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, at least there's one time slot during the week that will not be filled with reality television. And, uh, you know, I mean, if I were the networks, man, I'd be busting out a ton of old stuff. I'd be like, hey, you know what? We're bringing MASH back. You know? <laughs> well, they're going to get to that point, man, where they're going to take things that have been long, long since in syndication and be like, you know what? People haven't watched this in a while. Oh, I, you know what? I can, I can almost guarantee you, and this is just kind of – this is just a little funny aside, but I really do think they could put Seinfeld back on primetime, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think it would still make major ratings. Oh, sure. If they said, you know what? Hey, it's must-see TV well, again. How about this? <laughs> how about this? I mean, they are – this is starting in February, so right. how about you put the original Knight Rider back-to-back with the, new, with the new Knight Rider? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'd be glued. I'd be glued to the TV. Uh-huh. And uh, – inst- Incidentally, um, on top of Dexter, they are possibly, possibly uh, working on getting weeds on network television Ooh, as well. Be that's going to be a lot harder. I, I have no idea how they're going to do it, but you know, it, hey, it might, you know, it might also be a bold step for uh, some network TV. I don't you know. know. Try, try and do something and, and uh, you know, uh, actually get some quality on the screen. Well, it could be a boob, a boob slip all over again. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go from evil serial killers to evil video games. Japanese Japanese are crazy. I know this. (laughs) All right? That's a broad statement. Well, come on, man. I watch anime. One of the things that you get on a regular basis are bootleg games. Now, this particular bootleg game is a bootleg version of Mario. One of the classics. Yes. You know, everybody loves this. But this game is... You take everything about Mario, and you up it to the point where if you were to walk one step, you might possibly die. Okay? They hack this game to the point where it is almost unplayable. As they add things where, like, if you land on a ledge, it might very well collapse. If you, oh if you hit a box, that box might just continue going up until you can no longer hit it. Now, the, 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 the game, did they actually, did they have a name for it? Uh, I don't know, actually, because there's a bunch of Japanese characters on the YouTube site. So I don't actually know what the game is called. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll research it. If I do find it, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. You, you got, you got to, and, and you got to check out the YouTube video of this thing. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I was watching it just before we started uh, recording, man, and I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. I mean, I literally thought I was going to spit my drink all <laughs> over my computer. They have multiple levels of this too, and each level is more <laughs> ridiculous than the last. <laughs> oh man, it's like basically, it's like if you just, if you really wanted just to, you know, drive somebody crazy, mm-hmm. you just, just in front of them and let them play this game. I mean, it is, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Here's my favorite. I would love to see another camera pointing at the person playing it. <laughs> well, here's my favorite part of it, okay? You know how in, in regular Super Mario Brothers, you know, you, you hit the flagpole and, you know, that's it. You win, right? Yeah. In this one, you hit the flagpole, flagpole launches up and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. I know. <laughs> You have That's to. Awesome. You have to avoid the flagpole at all costs, or you're screwed. When you're playing through the video, um, and I'm watching it again. When you're playing through the video, it, it, the, even if you're not even watching it, just the the amount of times and how often you hear like the little the little death song. I every time that thing plays, I'm I'm just dying laughing. Well, they, In fact, when when I die, I want them to play that song right as soon as I die. <laughs> 
Oh, well, that's great. You'll have to die at a, like, a video game tournament. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'll just have it rigged up you know, to the heart monitor or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, they they traded they traded dying in this game for unlimited lives. You get to like negative twenty one. It's 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 great. It's perfect. But yeah, watch it and spew your drink. So make sure you're not drinking anything at the time. First Ugh. game ever. Uh-huh. All right, you got uh, Star Wars news, huh? Yeah, one more thing. You know, R two D two. You know, uh, just. All the stuff about Star Wars, you know, you just you just wonder, you know, how little things happen. And uh, this was just kind of something interesting. A, a new piece of um, memorabilia came out for hardcore Star Wars fans. Uh, a buddy of mine actually got this for Christmas, and it's called the Star Wars Vault, mm-hmm. and it's a big giant hardcover. And even just to call it a hardcover, it doesn't even do it justice. It's like a, it's almost like a like a a mass produced scrapbook. Right, huh. and you flip through it, and there's all these different things. I mean, there's actually there's photocopies of um, scripts, of uh, of outlines, of um, you know, even just little production. You know, like there's there's even like you know photocopies of like napkins that George Lucas wrote on. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> and there's like all these things, and you kind of wonder. It gives you even more of the backstory about Star Wars. Now we're talking about the original and how George Lucas came up with different things. Well, one of the ways uh, that he came up with the name R two D two, right? I mean, it just sounds random, you know. R two D two. We need a robot name. Uh, give him that. It must be some big, complicated, technical answer for R two D two, right? Uh-huh. Well, no. The rumor is, uh, and it's and it's covered inside of of that Star Wars Vault hardcover, is the fact that George Lucas. And a coworker were editing uh, American Graffiti, which was the movie that you know George Lucas did uh, before Star Wars. And uh, when a coworker had asked Lucas for Real Two Dialogue Two, which is um, abbreviated R Two D Two, and Lucas supposedly wrote down the abbreviation and then decided to use that as the now famous droid in Star Wars, who happens to be my favorite character. Um, oh, wow! And it's just like, and again, that's just kind of one of those things. Next time you're at a dinner party. You're standing around. You got a couple geeks with you. Bust that out. You know how R2D2 got his name, and you will wow your friends, ladies and gentlemen. I thought he got his name because of you know friends of his acting like the the droids, like in the, in George Lucas in Love. You know <laughs> that uh, I I don't know. Aww. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I, uh, I, Thank I, you, Mister President. Just, I'm just saying. No, uh, but it's weird. It's weird how stuff like that comes up. You know, oh, yeah. it's just like the. Um, you know, even like you know, C three PO. I've got a niece who will not stop calling him C Creepio. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, that would be another skinny British man that might be coming up to you like on a bus or something. I like you know? little boys. I like little boys. Oh, C Creepio, right there, right there. <laughs> Get away, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> why, why do I vision some guy with like in a little bolo hat just like jumping out of a train right now? Cheerio. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm just, I'm just imagining the Honey Nut Cheerios B with an English accent. He's got a cane. He's Cheerios. got a cane and a bolo hat. Yes. That's it. Yes. Uh, uh, all right. Well, there you have it. Yeah. I've got some quick ones I want to run through here. For fans of Sin City, you're going to have a game in 2009, which is good to hear. It's going to run the Unreal Engine 3, and uh, it's an early 09 release, so it could very well be close to that second Sin City movie when it comes out. Oh man, that'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be sweet. The Sin City game would be would be a if if done right and obviously with the right engine, um, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be a good thing. Oh yeah, definitely. It's 
very possible and again it's very possible as in it could be not possible there is a chance of that that a former midway employee actually created the Wiimote. Oh yeah, yeah. I, this this is another video, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is another video, and you know what? I, I'm actually going to play a little bit of of it here, just so we can uh, get a little bit of what he's saying, because uh, it, it's it's sort of telling in the clip. So let me uh, let me load that up here, and we'll we'll get a little now, bit. Now the video is from 1999. Yes, right. Yes, and and it's a guy. He's basically he's actually he's working with a Dreamcast, and uh, he's he's working on on this uh, controller, you know, that that he had created that looks a lot like the Wiimote. And the nunchuck. Yes, and not um, only is he working on it, he's also working on it in his boxers. Put on some pants, man. <laughs> well, I was going to say, this is how you can tell it's 1999. He's got plaid shorts on uh-huh. uh, and, and the, the obligatory goatee and ponytail. <laughs> well, here's a little bit of that video for you guys. This is a demonstration of the Velocity Controller. The Velocity Controller is a system that uses accelerometers to translate mechanical acceleration to button presses on a Dreamcast system. The current system is two two-axis accelerometers wired to a microcontroller with two button switches and one hat switch. Using this system, you can control a boxer and ready to rumble and reproduce all of the combinations, punches, and everything that can be done in ready to rumble. That's where I'm stopping it because doesn't that sort of sound exactly like a Wiimote to you? Oh, well, absolutely. And the way that, you know, and, and watch the video because as it goes on, he's actually using them the same way that you would use the Wiimote to play the boxing game that's available in, in Wii Sports, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only difference is I mean, these are wired, but then he actually talks about how he's working on a wireless version of these controllers. Right. And, and if you watch the video that uh, a Fox network in, I believe it was Chicago, did about him, that there was a third patent filed. And the main difference between that patent and the other patents is that he actually wanted to get some residuals from this. And Midway turned to him and said, uh, you work for us. That's your residuals. You're not getting anything from this. So yep. that, that last patent was never filed. And I believe that was the patent for the wireless. Again, I'm, I'm not a genius. I don't know exactly how you know, all this stuff works. and I don't know what they were working on. All I do know is, is uh, you know, watching that dude, I mean, it looks exactly like the Wiimote. looks right. exactly like the nunchuck. Um, and uh, I missed the Dreamcast. <laughs> yes, I think we all do, <laughs> considering it was the easiest to pirate system out there. Yes. Uh, also, uh, if you're interested in fan films, I've talked about fan films before in previous episodes of Geekspeak. Uh, io9, uh, the new Gawker blog, which is, eh, it's all right, I'm not really that big a fan of it, but they do have the occasional good posts. Um, the f- five fan films almost better than the real thing. They have uh, a clip from Starship Exeter, which is supposed to be, I guess, a spinoff of the of the original Star Trek, which is sort of interesting. I'm still more of a fan of Star Trek. Uh, was it what is it? Star Trek: New Beginnings, the uh, right. the other fan fan one that came out, which actually they got George Takei and uh, the guy who played uh, Chekhov to actually come back and do things for the sh- for the show. Yes, well, I mean, well, the the new yeah, those things. Is it New Beginnings or can or uh, continuing voyages or something like that, um, something like that. It, it, but it, they're really sweet, really high qual- quality. I haven't seen Starship Exeter yet. Yeah, it, it, I've, I've only seen this trailer, and it, I mean it looks good from the trailer, but I, I'll have to see more of it. 
Um, there's also a Doctor Who short that's on here. Uh, there's a full one actually on YouTube. And this one, if you're a fan of old-fashioned Doctor Who, I'm actually watching the Tom Baker seasons now. And this reminds me a lot of that old-fashioned Doctor Who. Uh, Time Distortion is the name of the uh, the short. And it was made when both of, the, both of these guys were 13 years old. And they then went and made the video version later on in life. So this is pretty damn oh, cool. That is way cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, some of the other stuff they got on there. They got uh, Troops, which was way cool. The uh, the cops version of the Stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's probably most my, the most hilarious Star Wars fan film ever. And probably one of the most recognized because, I mean, that's when I first started noticing fan films. Yeah. Um, was when that first came out, and I was just like, man, I mean, that just looks way cool. Um, yeah. And then, of course, they're talking about Batman Dead End. Ooh, yes. Um, way sweet, you know, basically um, that, you know, the the one where it's, you know, Batman versus Alien versus Predator. Yes. And uh, did you know that the guy who played the Joker is Boner? Is Boner? Yes. From, <laughs> from yes. Growing Pain. Yes. <laughs> when, I, when I found that out, I'm like, so this is what happened to Boner. Yep. You know, now if we could only find out what happened to Cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he actually transformed into a cockroach. Oh, great. Yeah. But, well, put them on a fan film. Oh, the yeah. The Exterminators. <laughs> and, and, of course, they're, they're, I guess technically their number one one, which does, definitely does deserve it, is Indiana Jones, the adaptation, where oh, yes. these guys, these 12-year-old kids, they started off when they were 12 years old, and eventually, as the years went on, they did it. They made a shot-by-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine how much that would, at that time that takes, man? That is well. It's it's awesome, and it's you know I, I actually I haven't seen like the whole thing. I'm just watching a little bit right now. Do they actually? So it took them seven years. So they grow up as they're shooting this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, and and there's a there's a uh, I guess a documentary about the about this that's also out, and I think I think it's av- widely available at this point. But I'm not. If not, it's going to be soon. But it's just it's an amazing story. Anybody who has that much passion for a project, you gotta love it. That's great. Yeah, and love the ingenuity, man. You oh, gotta no, love no that. No question, dude. No question. I don't have the time, energy, or resources to make any kind of, you know, <laughs> fan film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and obviously uh, another thing that I'll mention here, and I'll put in the show notes, is the Iron Man fan fi- fan film, which might very well end up being the best fan film ever once it's made. Absolutely. Yeah, because they Absolutely. they made the trailer, and I believe they're gonna make a full one soon. The last thing I'm gonna mention here is the fact that NBC is testing the American Gladiators for steroids. Oh, my gosh. That's just funny. Why would you do Hey, little American Gladiators uh, trivia, okay? Mm-hmm. Batman the Dead End, the same dude who, who made that fan film, uh-huh. um, made the fan film trailer for World's Finest, mm-hmm. uh, which, fe- you know, which features you know, Superman and Batman. Mike O'Hearn, the guy who plays Superman in that tr- uh, fan film, Yep. is Titan, the American Gladiator, in the new NBC American Gladiator. That's really cool. That is really cool. And yeah. he's being tested for steroids. Yep. Great. Mm-hmm. Now all my heroes have been, you know, thrown down the tubes. Well, the, the, the line here <laughs> in, the, in the AOL.com article about it is, is, I think, the funniest. Our baseball heroes are doing it. Hip-hop all-stars may be doing it. Are our newest TV stars, the American Gladiators, doping up on steroids, too? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, they've been actively testing the 12 macho stars of the new hit reality series. Yes, the 12 macho stars. That means nice. even the girls are macho. King is mas macho. Eh. The por, ladies. Por qué? 
Ugh. Yeah, so oh. if they're not on steroids, then I believe I will have to wear a funny hat in penance for that. Mm. I will have to walk around with a funny beret and talk with a French accent if these guys are not on steroids, because I am wrong. Can you just do that anyway? Because that'd just be fun. <laughs> That'll be your, your, your first video blog. Frenchie McFrencherson. <laughs> you could be an American gladiator, a French gladiator. <laughs> yes, although although my, my name would have to be Captain Cut and Run, right? Or. <laughs> No. Uh, all right, we're done with this. we take a turn for the worse. Yeah. I think we're done with news. So, you, know, you want to move on to the music? Yeah, man, let's do the music. All right, sweet. Well, yeah, we'll start off with uh, with your request first. Uh, what do you got for us? All right, we got a song uh, by Jonathan Colton. He actually, about a uh, about a year and a half or two years ago, he set out to do a project. He's a, he's a writer, musician, and he set out to do a little project called uh, A Thing a Week. And it was a podcast project. And what he set out to do was that he was going to write, play, and produce a new song every single week for 52 weeks. And uh, and he did it. And this is one of the songs that he. Re- I'm a big zombie movie fan. Uh, yeah. That's just one of the things about. I love zombie movies. And this is one of the songs that he did for that podcast experiment. And it's called "Re Your Brains." <laughs> <laughs> and and there's uh, some really good music videos out there on YouTube if you search for them. They've they've all oh, they've yeah. all been made with World of Warcraft. They're hysterical. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So all right. So here is Jonathan Colton. Re Your Brains. Check it out, guys. Hey Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand. Why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand But here's an FYI You're all gonna die screaming All we wanna do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes If you open up the door, we'll all come inside and eat your brain. I don't want to nitpick, Tom, but is this really your plan? Spend your whole life locked inside a mall. Maybe that's okay for now, but someday you'll be out of You'll have to make the call I'm not surprised to see you haven't thought it through enough You never had the head for all that 
bigger picture stuff But Tom, that's what I do And I plan on eating you slowly your eyes So there we go. There's Jonathan Colton, and uh, it's a song that I think touches us all in a happy place. Absolutely. His cover of Baby Got Back is still the best song I've ever heard. It was my wedding song. Oh, really? No. <laughs> it, sh- it should have been, by golly. Uh, check him out at jonathancolton.com. That's a lot of good stuff. And I got a piece of geek music myself here, and uh, this one is uh, by Possible Oscar. And this one is courtesy of the uh, Podshow Podsafe Music Network, and the song is Talk Nerdy to Me. So once we're done with this, we'll wrap this baby up. So here, once again, Possible Oscar with Talk Nerdy to Me. So check it out. Never had much luck with girls They never like to read and learn But I like to And if I could figure out The cosign of your heart That'd be a good start Oh yes it would I'd 
Possible, that was great. That that would that is just brilliant right there. Possible Oscar talk nerdy to me. <laughs> That's great, man. I think they fit as many references as possible into that song. I think that was my entire high school life right there. <laughs> I think that was all of our high school lives right there, man. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And yet another song you could find on the Pod Show Pod Save Music Network over at music.podshow.com. So definitely check that out if you have a chance. And actually, before we go, there is one quick email I want to read uh, in regards to the last episode that we did here of Geek Speak. And it is from Black Scarf on the forums, Andrew Pellerito. Uh, Black Scarf here on the forums. I couldn't agree more about Journeyman. Best show of the year, and NBC dropped it without giving it a fighting chance. There was a save Journeyman attempt going on. You could Google the site that might be worth giving some notice to truly a great show. And I will be sad to see it go still listening to geek speak. Got to go until killer robots come from the future. Andrew Pellerito. Thank you. Black scar for that. Absolutely, man. Yes. The uh, website actually um, is save journeyman.net. Oh, cool. 
And uh, you go to SaveJourneyman.net, they're actually kind of tracking the whole thing, and they're actually inviting people. You can click a link, and you could actually send NBC a, uh, a box or several boxes of rice roni <laughs> <laughs> And uh, – and one of the things, you know, the funny thing when they do like these like save, you know, uh, any kind of show and they do these campaigns, the reason why a lot of them send food is because the networks actually when they receive the food, they don't just throw it away. They actually do donate that to a charity. Well, that's good. Uh, and so that's kind of like they say, well, don't, you know, don't send garbage or junk or whatever, but, you know, send this because it still sends a message. And then, you know, basically the, the, the network does just turn right around and then they donate, donate it to charity and stuff. But, uh, but it's out there, man. People are sending boxes of rice roni to save journeymen from cancellation. Hopefully it works. Hopefully it works. Hopefully we'll get more journeymen. But, yeah, yet again, thank you to Andrew. And anybody who wants to send an email can do so over at speakgeekspeak at gmail.com. That's S-P-E-A-K. G-E-E-K-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. Well, I'm looking at the clock here, and I see that it, uh, we've been on for about uh, two hours here. It's the longest Geek Speak I've done in a while. Cause that should be yeah. more, it's more of an old-fashioned Geek Speak, uh, less of a Geek Speak report and more of an old-fashioned Geek Speak. But you know what? That's a good thing. That's sort of what I'm going for here with this whole uh, co-host thing, because when you have a co-host, you can talk longer, and you're not just listening to yourself talk. Exactly, like I do <laughs> On my own. <laughs> well, speaking of what you do on your own, uh, <laughs> you got anything uh, upcoming on Radio Wayne you want to talk about? Anything uh, in particular you're going to talk about on the next show? Actually, yeah. My next show um, at Radio Wayne will be uh, later on this week. Uh, it's going to be my third annual awards show. Oh, cool. And uh, it's actually called the Wayne's Choice Awards. Hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and I'll be handing out uh, some awards in different categories, TV, um, I, I, just a little hint in TV. Journeyman makes an appearance Ooh. in there somewhere. So, uh, so uh, TV, movies, comic books, and tech. I give away. Uh, I'm going to be giving away my own uh, favorites of 2007 this coming week. And so, actually, the voting is already done. I, I tabulated all my votes, and uh, <laughs> and so that's already done and finished. And uh, there's actually a spot on the Radio Wayne forums at thecomicforums.com where you can uh, give me your best of 2007, and I'll read those on the show as well. Cool, excellent, and but, and yeah, and, and your your uh, your process on that sounds sounds kind of familiar. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, it, you know it, it's amazing. You know, it's just you know the power of the people, man. <laughs> Well, specifically that it, you know it, it covers you know it covers uh, gadgets and it covers uh, you know this and that and that so you know it's it's good stuff and me like a silly head I came this close to forgetting to actually put in Ray Long's brand new geek gamer guide and this is episode one of that so we welcome Ray Long who is Racer Hex on the forums to Geek Speak with his episode one here so take it away Ray. Welcome to Geek Gamer Guide, your source for news and views on video, card, and board games. I'm your host, Ray Long, Racer Hex on the forums. This is the first installment of Geek Gamer Guide, so I thought I'd tell you all what's going on in my little corner, Geek Speak. Each episode, I'll present two to three news stories from the world of games and give you my opinion, the geek view, on each item. There'll be occasional reviews and interviews if I can swing it, so sit back, grab your lucky choice cider, and we'll get started. And here is news item first. Upper Deck has announced a sellout of the Fires of Outland expansion for its World of Warcraft TCG. Sales on the set have been the best since launch, due at least in part to a highly desirable loot card, the Spectral Tiger Mount, which is currently selling for 400 to to 1000 bucks on eBay. 
Fires of Outland boosters are still available in the Feast of Wintervale collector says, though. Now for the geek view. Upper Deck calls the World of Warcraft game a TCG, but don't fool yourselves. It's a CCG, or a collectible card game, just like Magic and Pokemon and all the rest. That being said, if you enjoyed Magic, it was a quick pickup game with simpler rules, so if I got incredibly convoluted with the rules of either the size of a New York phone book, then this might be a good pick for you. However, be warned, the WoW TCG is rapidly descending into the CCG trap of whoever has the biggest wallet wins. I give it a rating of 3 out of 5 meeples, if you're into that sort of thing. Now for the second and probably final news item for this uh, podcast. A new edition of Settlers of Catan is now in stores. Mayfair Games released a new update of Settlers of Catan, the venerable gateway Euro game that is many gamers' introduction to board games beyond Monopoly and Scrabble. While the outer box is a new graphic, the inside is still chock full of the same German-style goodness that we're going to love. Now for the geek view. There's no disputing the greatness of Settlers that has shepherded many gamers to the joy of German-style non-violent gaming. If you already own Settlers, don't waste your time on this. Just keep trading your wood for sheep. If you've never played Settlers, jump on this new release as it contains all the errata and the updated rule set. I can't recommend this game enough to gamers that are ready to move beyond Boggle and your licensed flavor copy of Monopoly. I gotta give it a rating of 5 out of 5 meeples easy. This has been the latest installment of Geek Gamer Guide. This is Racer Hex signing off and reminding you to let the dice fall where they may. go all right geek gamer yeah, guide awesome. episode one yeah that's a part of uh, geekdom that i don't know nearly as much about as i should so uh ray does a good job of covering that for me and hey you did it in two minutes and 54 seconds so you can't beat that that is sweet that is way cool i gotta try this definitely yeah settlers uh, settlers is another game that i've uh, again a lot of people i know talk about on a regular basis i'm sure it's, it's been one of those games i have a friend who's been trying to get me to play that game for years and and i'm um, it's not that I don't want to. It's just like it's one of those I never get to. Right. And uh, I, I, I have to. I owe it to him now. Yeah, definitely. All I right. Owe well, it to Racer Hex. Yay! <laughs> you the man, Ray. All right. So you know what? I do believe that Geek Speak Report episode four is done. Wow. Wait. This was only one episode. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, hey, at least I don't have to edit that much because there, we, there weren't even that many that ums, you knows, and errs, ours, and errs in here. So it'll be pretty late for me. But, dude, I first of all, as always, man, I got to thank you for being on the show, Wayne, because uh, you're a pleasure to talk to. And it, it, it's good times. It's good times. Whenever you want to be on, even if you don't win this, just holler and let me know. Man, listen, it, it's it's always a blast. Seriously, whether it's you know comic timing or the Geek Speak Report, uh, love hanging out with you. Hopefully, man, I, I get to see you in person at MegaCon, and uh, you know if, if that's the case, that'll be that'll be way cool. But um, yeah, man, anytime. I love it. This is this is great. And uh, and 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 again, man, the other guys that are that are uh, vying for this uh, co-host position are, are fantastic guys. They're great too. So oh, yeah. I can't wait to actually listen to their episodes. Definitely. And the second. Uh, episode will be with Yanni himself, the Yanni. Ooh, man. Yes, and after that... Gotta be... love his mustache and long hair. <laughs> Not that one. Oh. Yeah. Crud. Yeah, sorry. Uh, this would be the Yanni. That one's just Yanni. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, after that, we've got uh, Troy Mata, number six, and then Tamalo and Marvelous Patrick. So it'll wind out from there. And, well, for now, we'll see you next time. So the email address for Geekspeak is speakgeekspeak at gmail.com, S-P-E-A-K-G-E-E-K-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. Uh, where can they reach you, Wayne? You can catch me at radiowayne at gmail.com. All right, excellent. And uh, you can check us all out on thecomicforums.com and the GeekSpeak Report forums are inside of the Comic Timing forums. And all of that is graciously hosted by the Comic GeekSpeak guys over at comicgeekspeak.com. Uh, if you can send us an iTunes review on iTunes, that would be graciously appreciated. And Podcast Alley and Dig.com and the rest also, as always, graciously appreciated. So once more, thanks to Wayne and thanks to all of you for listening to the brand spanking new co-host challenge episode of GeekSpeak. For Wayne, I'm Ian Leatherstein. Have a great week. Enjoy your geek. And we'll see you next time on the Geek Speak Report. Everybody takes themselves way too seriously. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a very serious podcaster, and I know that, you know, I would never do anything like that ever, ever in my life. You're the real deal, man. Yeah, right, right, sure. You know? I mean, come on. Dude, if I'm, yeah. a, if I'm a real deal, I don't want to know who the false deal is. You're wearing a shirt and tie right now. Uh, I'm wearing a shirt. A I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a shirt, that much I can say. I'm, I'm wearing pants also. That's another good thing. I'm glad to know you're clothed. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to know I'm clothed. That, o- that always makes me comfortable. <laughs> Re- record button on, pants off. All right. I am moved. I have seriously been touched by that song. Oh, dear. Wait a minute. I just realized, uh-huh. I, just realized I was talking with the mic off. That's beautiful. That had- that's, well, well, I mean, I, that, that's that's beautiful, though. I mean, you were in stunned silence. Yeah, I know. Well, that happens once an episode where I mess up with that. Okay, there we go. All right, so... <laughs> you know, you might actually have enough material, like, you know, even in, in future episodes, to do a, uh, like, a geek commentary episode and then immediately following it do a news episode <laughs> yeah it's just you have then you then you have like two podcasts you know per month that's true that's true well, you, know, you know what i'm thinking though uh it, it sort of depends i guess because i'll see how long the other episodes i do turn out to be yeah i might be the one that's long-winded so, you know? <laughs> well no it's just the fact that we like talking to each other so much that's why so, just just tell everybody just you know vote for however long you want the show to be if you want a two-hour show, put Wayne on it. If you want a half-hour show, you know. And if you want a four-hour show, get Sean and Jim. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>